Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. On Sunday, him and Carla both, and so keep them in your prayers. Glory to God. How many brought your Bibles tonight? How many brought your telephone Bible, or you just brought your eyeballs to see it up on the screen? Amen? Glory to God. We're going to get into the Word of God this evening, amen? And I want to, if, if you have your Bibles, turn, uh, you can just, just, just for the sake of time, go ahead and just turn to James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, and I'm going to read that. I want to title this message, The Fight is On, amen? How many know that we're fighting a real enemy today, amen? The devil is real. Can anybody say amen to that? Man, when we wake up in the mornings, when we, before you get out of that bed, you owe it to yourself to just say, Lord, I give you myself. Lord, I surrender to you. I consecrate my mind, my soul, my body. Everything about me, Lord, I, sur- I-, I consecrate it to you. Amen? That's surrendering. That's giving it all. Amen? And putting him first in your life. And uh, let's read what it says in James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Hallelujah. Amen. I I like that scripture. It's powerful. It It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. You say, how in the world can I count it joy when I'm going through a trial in my life? I remember on school day, you know, when, when I would have to take a test, everybody's all in there. And, you know, I was in these classes with these smart people. And I didn't understand it. I wasn't very smart. But I'll tell you what, I had the favor of God in my life. Amen. And I got into these classes. And, and I mean, it was, you had to have 10 minutes of memorization. And I just didn't have it. But I knew one thing that I I recognized and I trusted God. I remember when I had to learn the preamble, I couldn't get, I had two months to practice it. And every single day, every single night, my father and my mother, they pushed me and pushed me. And they said, you have got to get it. And and, and before you know it, the Holy Spirit, all the way until the night before, actually it was the morning of the test, I woke up and in the shower I began to to, uh, just say what the preamble is. Amen. How many know what the preamble says? All three, nobody. You do. You got it. Amen? That's we the people of the United States. I'm not going to quote the whole thing, but that's that's what it is. Amen? It's we the people of the United States. And it's a matter of fact, you won't forget something that you actually, that God gives you. You know? And, and, uh, you know, you get out there and you just trust and you believe God. But I'm talking about the trial, that you're going into the test room. You're going into the battle. You're going into that workplace where you know that the enemy is going to come against your life. And it took the Holy Ghost speaking to me in that shower that morning, and I began to say, we the people of the United States of America, even myself, my jaw just dropped to the floor. In order to form a more perfect union, to establish justice, to ensure domestic tranquility, to provide for the common defense, to promote the general welfare, how in the world was I supposed to memorize that? And it's like, and I'm not even done. I'm not going to get into it all. But, but the point I'm trying to make is when you're going into battle, you know that there's a devil that is going to confront you. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your children. He wants to destroy your entire life. Amen? And this powerful story, we all have a story in our lives how we have gone through trials. 
I've told the story many times how when I lived in Costa Rica, it was, the, it was, it was my Harvard University living there. It was the, the, the culture shock. It was culture strife and stress. Everything about it was just a culture stress for me. Learning the foreign language and, and just being around uh, people that were intelligent again. Amen. They were learning languages and I couldn't get it. I couldn't understand it. And I felt about this big and I would come home for conferences and preach and I would hear pastor get up and say, I wish I could just be that little tiny spider on the wall watching Mario in that class learning Spanish. Amen. I'm sitting in a tiny chair like we have back here in the Sunday school area. It wasn't as big as this one. It was, there were little chairs like way down here. I could imagine Brian sitting in a chair like this. He'd scratch the back of his ears with his knees. Amen. That's how high they'd be up there. But I sat in that class and I wept. And I cried, and I, I cried out to God. It was a time of, it was a humbling experience for me. And sometimes God puts us in those places in our life. God will put you in that place, as that scripture says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Amen? It produces perseverance. But let the patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete Lacking absolutely nothing, amen? You see, in this Christian life that you and I are walking in today and that we're living today, you can learn to face your problems uh, or, or, or continue to run away from every single problem that you have uh, or drown them in the things of this world, amen? It's easy to be consumed by what is going on in your life, amen? It's easy for everything that we battle and everything we do in life to consume us and take over who we really are. Revelations chapter 3 verse 5, it says, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. How many want to be clothed in white garment tonight? It says, he who overcomes will be clothed in white garment. Glory to God. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Glory to God. That is a powerful scripture, amen? When I was battling that Spanish language in Costa Rica, I can remember a time when I was sitting in the class and the director of the school for the sake of, of recording, I'm going to clean this story up, amen, because we're going to release this uh, podcast. But I, I remember a time when I was sitting in the class and the director of the school came in and just basically told me that I will never get their language. And some of you know my testimony. Some of you know what I've been through. They said, you'll never get my language and you'll never have a ministry in my country. <laughs> Glory to God. I stood up in that very moment. I stood up in my classroom, and, and it was a Baptist school, and I stood up, and I began to speak in tongues, and I said, I said, shut up, devil. I, I looked at the woman, and I said, shut up, devil. I said, in the name of Jesus, I am going to have a ministry in this place because God said I was going to have a ministry in this country. And I am going to speak this language, which is not yours, hallelujah, but I'm going to speak this language. And then I began to understand God's promises for my life. I began to understand that no matter I was going through that trial, no matter that I was going through problems in my life and I felt depressed, I felt anxiety, I felt every evil feeling you can imagine until I started to understand what God was doing in my life. And when I began to realize what God was doing in my life, I began to understand he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. Hallelujah. Amen. I had no idea what God was going to do. 
I had no idea how God was going to do it. But I will tell you this. I listened to my pastor. And I did everything my pastor told me that I should do. And I, did every, I didn't do anything that my pastor said I shouldn't do. One day I called him up and I said, should I go to class? He said, no, don't even go to class today. He said, go down to the neighborhood uh, restaurant and talk to those little ladies that are back in the kitchen that, that are cooking and cleaning them tables. He said, go out there and sit down with them. Buy them lunch and sit there in that little place and talk to them about Jesus. Talk to them about the goodness of God and begin to express and learn the language in that manner. Man, I'm going to tell you what, before you knew it, I was speaking Spanish. And I, my belly began to grow too. Hallelujah, man. Because I was eating everywhere I went. Uh, they were giving me free food, uh, but they were teaching me. They were speaking into my life and blessing me. Hallelujah. You see, when we do things our own way, sometimes we get ourselves into a lot of trouble. But when we really humble ourselves and trust in the Lord and say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you and let you do what you do. Amen. One of the very first scriptures I ever learned in Spanish was, Todo lo puedo en Cristo que me fortalece. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? And that's Philippians 4.13. We know the scripture. But do we really understand what the scripture is? When you're in battle, when you're fighting something, and a sickness, or, or the doctors have given you a report, let me tell you something. The world has their own ideas on how to get better. But I got news for you. Jesus has the answer right there. Amen? So I want to look at just a couple points this, this evening. Number one. It's going to cost us something to serve God. Did you hear what I said? It's going to cost you something to serve God. If you're going to serve God and you're going to be an ambassador for Christ, it is going to cost you something. It's not free. Of course, it is free. It comes to us by accepting Jesus Christ into our life as our Lord and Savior. But I'm telling you something. It is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you friendships. How many can say amen to that? It's going to cost you laying down your pride. It's also going to cost you trusting in God instead of trusting in yourself. How many can be honest in this place and say that there are times that you trust in yourself instead of trusting in God? My hand is up first. I'm going through this trial, God, and I'm going to have to put myself out of it. Remember a time when my wife, she came to me and she said, we are short to payroll and we, we, we need some money today. I said, why are you waiting till today, Friday, it was a Friday, why are you waiting till today to tell me this? She says, well, I'm not worried. I know my God can supply all my needs. She says, I just need you to know about it, and God already needs you to know about it, so you can go out there and you can get it. I says, well, honey, I'm, I mean, I'm, you know, I love business and all, and I know, I, I know how to go out there and work, but this kind of money you're asking me for is not possible for me to go out and get today. She says, I believe in you, hon. She hands me a folder of all our past due invoices and said, I'll be praying for you while you're out trying to get it. I'm telling you what, her prayers must have been powerful. Her, her prayers must have been as good as Seal's salsa that I had the other day. That green salsa, I'm putting an order in for that stuff. I'm, I had to get you while I saw you, amen? But I'm going to tell you something. Powerful prayers. Powerful prayers when you get a hold of God. So I had a buddy call me yesterday. He says, uh, I, I, how do I get this? How, do I, how does this happen? I'm, my phone's not ringing. I said, the ingredients, uh, oh, I'm telling you, are simple. All you have to do is pray. He said, you mean just pray? I said, did you hear what I said? Am I speaking Chinese? I said, all you got to do is pray. All you have to do is talk to God and say, Lord, open up the highways and the byways, Lord. Lord, cause my telephone to ring, Lord. 
He says, how did you get your phone to ring? This is in Arizona. How did you get your phone to ring this time of year last year in the winter? I said, brother, I just gave you the answer. What are you not hearing? I said, you got to pray. And then you got to pray and then pray some more. And then you got to pray some more. And everywhere you go, you got to pray. Hallelujah. God will provide our every need. I promise you that. Amen. He will provide. You see, the problem that you and I have today as Christians, as believers, is we live in a quick fix generation. We want overnight solutions. We want uh, FedEx to be at the door tomorrow morning or, to, or to, uh, 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 to, to these lifelong problems. We want them resolved right now. How many of you have ever just gotten frustrated? You can't get something to work properly. Amen? A good friend was telling me about a story how he was uh, flying an airplane and, and he couldn't get it to work. He couldn't get it to, something was wrong, couldn't understand it, had to make several emergency landings. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit led them to this particular part of the, of the engine of the plane and they found something that shouldn't have been there. Let me tell you something. God will open up the windows of heaven in your life. God will show you, not only will he save your life in the times of tur turmoil or turbulence, should we say, but God will open up the doors. He'll begin to help you. He'll begin to show you. But it's in God's timing, not in your own. And too many times you and I as Christians, we're so busy beating down one another instead of loving and encouraging one another. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about being soft when someone makes a mistake. I'm talking about being real and telling the truth, amen. That's what we need to do. But at the same time, we need to encourage one another. Things are not going to change overnight. You say, well, how, you got saved two months ago. You shouldn't be looking like that. You shouldn't be talking like that. You shouldn't be acting like that. Well, maybe not. But we need to be a little more compassionate about it. Amen. Anybody that talks to me, anybody that knows me, if you're out working with me anywhere, and, and you might slip or cuss or you might say something you shouldn't say, I'm going to correct you right in a moment. That's just the way I am. And, and I do it in a loving way. I do it in a caring way because I, I understand that you're changing. God is still doing something in your life. It's a process. And God is bringing you where he needs to bring you. But there is a, a route, a route that we are taking to get there. But there comes a time when we have to make the decision not to wait on God to change us, but for us to start making some changes in our own life. Amen? It takes years to mess up a marriage. Did you hear what I said? doesn't just happen overnight. People say, oh, I don't know what happened. She just disappeared on me. No, it doesn't work that way. It takes years to mess up a marriage or to destroy our homes. It takes years to mess up our minds or ruin our bodies with an addiction. It takes a lot of preparation and years of continually doing something. You might think you're getting away with it today, but I promise you 20 years down the road comes along and all of a sudden, that thing has, you, has gripped you and has controlled your life. And I'm not just talking about the, the major ones that we already think about, fornication and, 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 and pornography or whatever the case. It could be something small. It could be little things. It could be one little tiny lie. One little lie turns you into the biggest liar this side of the Mississippi River. Because you got away with it. Because you fooled somebody. So we want this quick fix answer all the time. We're ready for it. We need God to help us. But let me tell you something. Before we were saved, listen to what the Bible says. It says in John that we were slaves to sin. It says, no, here's, it, it, I don't know where it was. I didn't write the scripture down. But we were slaves to sin, and it took us to places that we did not want to go and kept us longer than we wanted to stay. 
Isn't that the truth? These things grab you. And when we get saved, the Bible says that we become slaves of righteousness. I like to say all the time, I say I like to be a slave to the good habits of life. Amen? That means read my Bible and pray. That means I want to make, my, make myself do it when I don't want to do it anymore. You said, well, you're a pastor. You want to read your Bible. Well, there are days that go by where I'm fighting just like you are. I'm just like, man, i got to get to my word. And, and you know where you can find out when you're lacking reading the word of God? It's in your attitude. All you got to do is look into the mirror, and you can talk to yourself, and you know what you need. We know. Listen, we're not fooling nobody. We know when we're backsliding. We know when we have a little bit of an attitude or we're, we're harsh towards the kids. Or, you know, it's not just when you sin, but it's when you don't do what you know you're supposed to be doing. The difference is that we're not forced to serve God. It's a choice that you and I have to make. To serve God is a choice. I'm going to serve God. That's a choice. I'm going to clean the sin out of my life because I surrendered it to God. That's a choice. You could say, well, I don't want to. This, this sin, it's not destroying me. It, I, you know, I can handle just a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and it's not going to even bother me. But guess what? It will bother you. It will overcome you. It, you will become those things, what you're doing. And you'll become who you're hanging around with. You'll act just like them. You might not act like them today, but I guarantee you in time, you will act just like them. Number two, persistence. Be persistent. You need to be persistent, fight, push forward. I'm telling you what, this is the one key ingredient missing in many people that have come through these doors, through this church, and they, they have gone off and, and done their own thing. That is the key ingredient, uh, being persistent. You have to push through. You have to fight the good fight. You have to understand and acknowledge uh, your mistakes in your own walk with God. Don't wait until somebody comes and tells you about it. Don't, 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 uh, don't wait until you're called out. Get it right. You know what's amazing? Sometimes we don't change until we've been caught. Can I get an amen? Oh, it, it's a whole different ballgame. I'd rather surrender before I get caught. You know, I used to work real closely with some, uh, some bounty hunters in, in Arizona. I, I knew some, uh, just some guys that I was dealing with. And anyways, one of the things that they didn't mess with, they did not tolerate anything when they went to these houses. When they went into these homes uh, and they were going in to get somebody that was on a bond, uh, they broke bond, they didn't pay, something happened. Listen, there was a zero tolerance and they'll give you the decision. Do you want, do you want the easy way out or, do you, or do, you, do you want to deal with this? Some of you that are police officers in this place, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're going to give me your ID or I'm going to take that ID from you. You're going to reach over into that little box right there in your car and you're going to hand me your insurance or we're going to do it together. And it's amazing to me how many people, even Christians today, that don't want to obey the laws of the land when the Bible says that we are to obey the laws of the land. I don't know about you, but I don't want to get a backside whooping just because of my ignorance or because of my stubbornness. Amen? I want to be persistent in who I am with God. I want to walk in his presence. I want to know. I don't want to be another statistic in this world. You know, there's a program for everything. There's a rehab program for everything in this world. And you can talk to people. They have sent their kids and paid $20,000, $50,000 to send their kids away for months to get corrected. 
You say, well, why are we in church so much? Well, I'll tell you the reason why we're here so much is because we're here fixing everything we messed up with in our lives. And, and you know, I got news for you. You don't have to fix anything. You just surrender to God and live your life right for God, and God does all the fixing, amen? But that's why we're here on, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and even on Sunday, amen? It seems like every day of the week we're here, we're doing something for God. But guess what? I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. I can't fix anything I've ever done, and I'll never even be able to even attempt that, uh, but I want all of God in my life because I have messed up in my life, amen? And I'm really sorry for it. You know, don't look at me like that. You helped hang Jesus on that cross too. Every one of us was there, amen? The Billy Grahams were out in the crowd, amen? There were very spiritual people in the crowd when they, when they put Jesus on that cross, and you and I were there, <laughs> amen? Because of our sin, because of our sin. Amen? So one of the things is we need to understand that there's statistics all over the place. People are in jail. People have lost their children. People have lost their homes and their families because they are not willing to be persistent in their life and make good, strong decisions to go forward with God. I've, I've read stories, many stories, how people have lost their kids. Uh, there's therapies where they wrap people in blankets and they sit on them and they crush them just to get them to cause them to think and understand. One family in Colorado, they did that to their baby, and guess what happened? It was a 10-year-old child, and they suffocated that baby. Yeah, it was amazing. Here they are. They're trying to do some therapeutic uh, uh, exercise that someone had told them about, and they, they were so smart they recorded it. Guess what? Every three of them people, all the adults, three adults in the room, guess what? They all got 40 years in prison. Amen? There's a therapy for everything. And the crazy thing is, is we are so weak-minded that we jump on board with any therapy that they tell us about. Don't you worry. It's going to be free. We'll take care of you. Glory to God. Sign me up. I'll take it. But we don't come to prayer. <laughs> the best therapy in the world is right there in the prayer room. The number one best therapy in the world is right here at this altar. Talking to God, saying, Lord, I need you. My marriage is in shambles, Lord, and I need a miracle. You grab your wife by her hand, and you say, come on, honey. We're going down to that altar because I need God to do something in me. Don't worry about her. Just take her with you. Because I believe, I promise you, she wants to change you too. Amen? But you know what, men? I'm talking strong like this because we are the leaders of our home. We are the example that God wants us to be, and we are to put our life in order with God. And if not, then we're going to be going the wrong direction. We're going to be a mess. We're going to be walking like a blind man. You know, Billy Graham once said, he said, America reminds me of a mental institution where the patients have taken over and locked up all the doctors. Huh. Isn't that so true? Amen. So I don't care what anybody has said about you, the therapist, the teachers. Uh, um, the, your parents might have said something negative about you as a child uh, or your so-called friends, amen, when they talk about you. As long as you want uh, that for God to change your life, amen, you are willing to allow him to change your life. I got news for you today. You will change. If you say, no, I don't want God to change me. I'm going to live my same old cussing life, and I want to do what I want to do, and nobody's going to tell me any different. Because this is how I was raised. You have no idea what you're looking at right here, the way I was raised. I haven't shared that part of my testimony here yet. But I'm going to tell you something. We don't have an excuse. You don't have an excuse. You say, well, I'm, I was crazier than crazy. Well, glory to God, there's always someone crazier than you. 
And it doesn't even have to be crazy. There's always someone who is hurting more than you're hurting. There's always someone who is going through something more difficult than what you are going through right now. So yes, our situation does hurt. But I got news for you. Your viewpoint determines your outcome. The way you see things will determine your outcome. Who you become. Who you become in God. Amen? You see, if you view your situation from the eyes of everyone around you, then you're going to be hopeless. I said if you're looking at your life through the viewpoint that everybody else around you is looking at it, your life will be hopeless because they look at you as a hopeless situation. Even us as Christians. I met a guy today, and she's going to play for just a moment. I met a guy today. He said, he said you won't believe this. I began to minister to him. He says, I got saved four years ago. He said, God, I was watching a TV evangelist on television, and God saved my life watching the show. He says, and I am faithful to this ministry. I am watching it. I believe what God has done in my life is the truth. It was Jimmy Swagger, and it was the message of the cross. Amen. What a wonderful message he preaches. But there was one problem. His wife was Catholic. His wife is a devout Catholic. And he stopped going to Catholic Mass with her, and he's staying home watching TV because this is where he got saved. It was, it was real. It was alive for him. And we began to talk, and he said, I told him I was a pastor, and I, I was helping here and, and working with Pastor Blake, and, and uh, told him how wonderful our pastor was and, and how wonderful our church was. He said, I need to come. I want to come and visit you. He said, do you guys preach the cross? I said, you better believe it. I said, that's all we preach is the cross. Hallelujah. Without Jesus, there's no hope for any of us. Whatever our friends say about us, I promise you it's no good. Unless you've stood for Jesus every time. People that are my friends, that I still consider friends in my life that aren't in this church, they know who I am. They know they're not going to invite me to a birthday party on Sunday morning at any time. <laughs> they, know, they know that they're not going to get me, uh, you know, uh, going to a ball game Sunday morning instead of coming to church. They don't even have to ask me because they already know the answer. Because they know what I'm going to tell them if they do ask me, amen. I'm asking them to sacrifice, give up their tickets to somebody else so they can come church with me. And they don't like it. Amen. You see, if you view your situation from your eyes or from the eyes of everyone around you, you're hopeless. They say, oh, just get divorced. Oh, go ahead, go get high. Go ahead and just quit. But blessed is the man, blessed is the woman who can look through the eyes of one who died and rose again for them. Blessed is the man, blessed is that woman who can say, I can see beyond. I can see the horizon. I can see the blessing of the Lord. And number three is do it God's way. Do it God's way. And there's a lot to say there, but do it God's way. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me. It says, When you search for me with all of your heart. 
That is powerful. It's powerful. If I can have every head bowed and every eye closed in this place tonight. Psalm 63, verse 8 says, My soul follows hard after thee. Your right hand upholds me. I don't know about you this evening, but I look to God to hold me up every day. I seek Him every day to hold me, to strengthen me. Because sometimes I find myself out on a cliff. Sometimes I find myself taking on too much. Sometimes I find myself giving to everybody else instead of to my own family. You see, these are all distractions. These are things that the devil will use to make you feel like you are uh, inseparable or, or you're just, you're, 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 you're Superman. But the truth of the matter is, my Bible says, work out my own salvation. And that's what we do in this place. We're working out our salvation. We're getting right before the Lord. We're serving God. There are many people in this place, and I'm just going to be really honest, and I'm just going to say what the Lord is, the Holy Spirit is really pulling at my heart to say this tonight. There are people in this room right now, you have a potential to do great things for God. And you have had your hand out like a school bus stop sign, stopping traffic to God, to your leaders. Maybe it's not rebellion to your leaders, but but it might be something that you're dealing with inside your own life. You say, well, maybe it's my, uh, you say it's my wife and she's holding me back. She doesn't really trust me. Or my husband, he doesn't really support me. But I got news for you. Your, your wife, your husband, they're not going to stand with you at the judgment gate. The potential that you have to do great and mighty things for God. One soul, one person. One stick of dynamite that you are, that God will use you because you have such potent potential. How hard are you really trying to serve God? Are you justifying things in your life and just going, going with the flow? You say, I serve, I'll serve God if uh, my friends don't have to see it. Oh, I'll serve God, Pastor, if, you know, if it doesn't affect my lifestyle. If things don't get too tough, I'll serve God. But you know, when things start to get tough, Pastor, I got to go out there and do my thing. That's when God is saying, you know what, I'm about to give you a breakthrough. Before we go any further tonight, you're here tonight. You say, I'm not right with God. I've got sin in my life. I'm not right with God. But from this moment on, I want to commit myself to the Lord. If that is you, just put your hand up. Put it up. Put it right back down. Don't worry. You, see, you might have been here 10 years. It don't matter. If you've got sin in your life and you want to surrender it to God and you want to be on the right side of God and, and, and just sur surrender your life to Him, just put your hand up and put it right back down. Praise God. How many more? Come on, lift it up. Put it up and put it right back down. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, you know, I, 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 I understand that the battle is real. I understand that the devil does come after me. Sometimes I get myself trapped. You say sometimes I fall. I need the Lord to strengthen me. 
If that's you, just lift your hand. We've got a mighty strong church here. Amen. I see these hands. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You see, we've all questioned God. But tonight, we're going to have an opportunity. Let's all stand to our feet if we would. And I want to, I want to really emphasize what this message was all about. Surrendering ourselves to God. This battle that we're in tonight, it's a real battle. And you know what? We shouldn't be depressed as Christians. We shouldn't be going through. I understand medical conditions. I understand uh, when you've been through it. I get it. But I'll tell you this. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord, amen. I mean, we sing these songs all the time. They're, they're encouraging songs. I don't even recall the words of them, but I mean, we, 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 we worship God, and they all mean so much to us. And tonight, I want to open up these altars. Come on, I want you just to walk down here right now. Just come on down to this altar and talk to the Lord for a few minutes. Get your life where it needs to be with God. If there's any vice in your life, any sin, chewing tobacco, maybe it's uh, cigarettes, maybe it's just you got that cursing tongue, listen, Give it to God this evening. Let God help you. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.